0: Ephesians chapter five tonight ephesians chapter five and um, the title of our message tonight or the subject tonight is maintaining your spiritual edge or uh keeping on fire for the lord and or keeping uh yeah I'm having a hard time with these glasses still to be honest with you here It'd be a uh it takes a while to focus in on, and get, i get these bifocals just for the record here, but uh, how to stay right with God, I just wanted to, uh, I'd like to, t- to talk about this very practical subject tonight here, and the Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon, and uh, we want to deal with some, this subject here tonight. Let's let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, and let's stand one more time, let's read verses 14 to 18, we'll read them uh, in unison since we don't, they're, they're short verses. Ephesians 5, verses 14 through 18, and uh, verse 18 is probably the most familiar of the verses, and it's our so-called text verse, and so let's stand together, let's read all five verses together, and uh, in verse 14, let's begin. Ready? Here we go. Wherefore, he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the, spirit, what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Of course, verse number 18 is the key verse here. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with with the spirit, I want to deal with the subject of maintaining your spiritual edge, and I trust it to be a blessing here tonight. Let's ask God's blessing once more, Heavenly Father. I pray that You might bless now, the Spirit of God, as we study this subject tonight, and we'll thank You for it. I pray this in Christ's name, Amen. And you may be seated this evening. I just want to qualify the message tonight, and uh, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding on uh, on being spirit filled and being spiritually high for the Lord. And uh, there's times of great excitement, of course, in our lives and so forth and in the Christian life, and I've seen Christians, uh, some Christians are more excited naturally than other Christians are, and, uh, but I think there's some misunderstanding in regards to this. Uh, my, my goal in my Christian life is to finish my course of joy. My goal is to um, fight the good fight of faith. My goal is to stay faithful and, and uh, hopefully be growing in the Lord throughout the years and so forth. Uh, but I... I've already gave the analogy. I'm glad when I was a kid I ran some cross-country and, of course, some track and so forth. And I realized the subject, uh, rather the, the literal truth about learning how to pace yourself, learning how to, uh, the race is a race of endurance, let us run with patience, Hebrews 12 says, the race that is set before us. If I were to ask you, was there, and I've heard preachers say this from time to time uh, in regards to this subject of being on fire for the Lord, uh, was there ever a time in your life when you were more on fire for the Lord than you are now? Well, let me ask you a question. What's the answer to that? I think all of us, if we're honest, we've all had spiritual highs, you know. I didn't sit up and watch the Red Sox win the World Series, but if you're a Red Sox fan, and some of you already give me dirty looks, because some of you aren't. But, but uh, you know, I suppose they, they were, you know, that was the height of Red Sox nation, as they call it, you know. And I, they, I imagine people were cheering by their televisions and so forth, and people were going crazy in the crowd if you were a Red Sox fan. You weren't a Red Sox fan. You were in mourning, of course. You know, but uh, now is that the the height of your Red Sox fervor or fever, or you know, when everything was everything was uh, you know at a high point? Or are you a Red Sox fan, you Red Sox diehard Red Sox fans, when they're when they're losing and they're having a tough in the middle of the season? You know, the fact of the matter is, we have highs and lows in our Christian life, and so I I want to debunk the idea that uh, if you're not Super on fire for, in fact, let me just bait you on purpose here. Let's just have some fun for just a second. And all God's people said, amen. thank you, all four of you. Amen. So, you know, sometimes, you know, preachers uh, well, that was a pretty weak amen. Give me another amen. 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 Yeah, You see. And, and we try to rev, rev up the crowd. Well, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it's, you know, it's emotionalism. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to get on fire for the Lord here in the auditorium, but what about tomorrow morning at uh, 5 o'clock a.m. when you get up, get ready to go to work? You know, what's your life like then? You know, when you're, you know, you're into that work day, that grueling work day, that six hours into your day, and it seems like 16 already, and, and you got those people that just uh, by you that uh, drag you down and so forth and so so on and so forth. How do you maintain your scripture, edge? How do you stay faithful and fervent, and how do you... Go on and serve the Lord day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, decade in and decade out, if I could say it that way. In other words, for a lifetime. How do you keep that going? Now, by the way, I'm not preaching this message Friday, but I am preaching at this preacher's conference, and I have a feeling I got a flavor for who's going to be there. There's going to be some veterans there and some young preachers there and so forth, and they asked me to be one of the preachers. I'll probably be four or five of us. I don't know how many are preaching. And... uh, but uh, my goal is to be an encouragement to pastors and longtime pastors and so forth. And I am privy to know that even pastors get discouraged. Pastors uh, have hard days. And our ministries across the board in New England and a lot of places are smaller today than they used to be five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what have you. And uh, it's a different era. And if you're not careful, you get discouraged. Well, too much introduction, I suppose, for time's sake here. So we're going to get to, i want to give you seven daily habits. Now, here's the key. Daily habits of spiritual well-being. We'll have to go fairly fast, and uh, we'll have to almost gloss over a couple points, some points for time's sake. But first of all, if we're going to stay on fire for the Lord and keep our, maintain our spiritual edge, we must realize, first of all, our limitations. You say, boy, that's a positive one. We're out of the gate. But Galatians five sixteen and 17, who has those? Did we pass those out? Everybody, go ahead, Mark. This I say that walk in the Spirit, and you shall have to the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth after the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. All right, and so, letter A first of all, understand who you are. Now, understand who you are. Now you're, according to First Thessalonians 5.23, does somebody have that verse, please? Nice and loud for us. Did we not get that verse out? Go ahead. All right, understand who you are. First of all, your spirit, soul, and body. We always say body, soul, and spirit. And sometimes our body is, is in first place. I mean, it drags us down and so forth, but our whole spirit, soul, and body. Understand your limitations. Um, I mean, this is a very pertinent illustration for me right now here. I just already mentioned and started complaining about these glasses of mine here, and uh, I'm having a hard time seeing nowadays, and I just uh, things are getting darker, it seems like. I don't think I've got immaculate ma- ma- degeneration going on. I don't think I do. Maybe I do, I don't, I don't know, and I don't know, What I don't know but I know that it's, it's harder for me to see now, and it slows me down, and it's frustrating and so forth. And um, it, it, it frustrates me, just one area of my life, of course. And so I have some limitations. Uh, my body drags me down. Now, you know, I've learned, and uh, I, sometimes I, I joked the other day, I got nine hours sleep, and I said, I, I got out of bed, and I told Sonny, man, I, man it's going to be a rough day. I'll have nine hours sleep. I was making a joke about it, of course. And, and uh and so, I don't know if I can survive the day here because I haven't had much sleep you know and uh and then sometimes you even we have to take a nap after that it seems like it but uh our body we're limited into how much we can do, and we have to get our right proper rest and nourishment and so forth in fact galatians five seventeen uh the bible says be not dr- drunk when wine it is excess, but be f- uh, uh, uh i'm sorry yeah galatians five seventeen says What's it say? I'll tell you in a second what it says. It says, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Number two, understand, who when we understand who we are, that we're spirit, soul, and body, and sometimes our body fights against us, and our, number two, our spirit versus our flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. And there are times where we just, uh, we're weak in our flesh. And I'm not making excuses, but that's just part of Christianity, part of life. And I've realized, uh, again, the older we get, the more rest we need, more uh, proper balanced diet that we need, the more we have to take care of our body because it's deteriorating and it's fighting against our spirit. Uh, Well, we have some limitations. Understand this, number letter B. Understand the threefold work of the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, who has Galatians 4, 4 to 7? I think, go ahead, Karen. All right, so write down three things about this feeling, this work of the Holy Spirit of God. There's the indwelling, number one. That's our relationship with God. There's an indwelling. And uh, going back to uh, seeing people on fire for the Lord, and I like to see young people on fire for the Lord. I like to see energy and energetic people and so forth, and I would like to be energetic myself, but you can't always be superstar energetic and so forth, but... We have that constant indwelling of the Spirit, where the Lord says He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We have, we have His indwelling Spirit that He's our Comforter. The, uh, the Bible says in John, the comforting Holy Spirit of God that indwells us. And th- thank God for that. And and uh, we may get limited in our what we can do, but we always have His Spirit, indwelling Spirit. Ephesians five eighteen to twenty one. We've read verse eighteen and. Speaks about verses twenty and twenty one. Most of you are familiar with the verses about submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. There's secondly the filling of the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit. That's our relationship with man, and uh, we're we'll always be kind, tenderhearted with one with another, forgiving one another. We're to have a right relationship with our fellow man. How important that is, and we can only do that through the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Then, letter uh, Acts one eight. Uh, I guess we gave that verse out. Anybody have that? So the third fold work of the Holy Spirit is the empowering. That's the power, empowering for service. Uh, we can't do it in our own strength. There's the indwelling of the. The, the the spirit, that's our relationship with God. The filling of the spirit, that's the relationship with man. And there's the empowering of the spirit and the power for service. So uh, the first of seven daily habits is to recognize our limitations, who we are, that we do have a body and flesh war going on, a body and spirit battle going on. But we do have the indwelling of the spirit. We're filled with the spirit. Or we we're to remain not quenched spirits, spirits. We have a right relationship with men. We have His empowering. We can do nothing without His empowerment in our life, in regards to His spiritual nature, of course. Number two, for time's sake, we'll move right along here. Have a personal quiet time with God every day. Now, let me let me be again very practical with you. I um, and I guess I'm um, it's Wednesday night. I'm picking on preachers here tonight, and I, I happen to be one of them. Uh, pastors said sometimes an evangelists, and sometimes they're not trying to bash just evangelists or special keynote speakers but they talk about being in the word of God and spending an hour or two in the Bible every day and it's like well that's nice they they can do that if they're a full time servant of the Lord but uh, pardon me I just caught Karen's eyes how how long did you work today? You work today right? Hours. Yeah just a simple 12 hour day just a short 12 hour day and that's a drive into work drive back to work and then you know, get a meal ready and then come to church. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't think Karen read her Bible for three hours today. Did you read your Bible three hours today? day? I, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? And there's, there's thank you for the, the honesty. There's the real answer. A few minutes every day. Let's be let's be blunt. Let's be, uh, maybe you don't have time to read for a half hour or even 15 minutes. Read for five minutes or or maybe 10 minutes, hopefully you can read. But... It's so important that you have a personal. So, letter A is read the Word of God every day. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Somebody said if you spend 15 minutes in any science or ism a day, and you do that for years, within about five years, you'll become an expert on that subject, whatever that subject is. 15 minutes a day. And uh, just read the Bible a little bit every day. Uh, Four things about that, we'll go quick. What does it say? What does the Bible say? What does it mean, in other words? You know, get meaning out of what you're reading. It would be better to read a little bit and get some meaning than read a lot and not get any meaning. Number two, how can I apply it to my life? There's one interpretation of all Scripture but many applications, and there's a personal application of... uh, I like, uh, I, I don't have one. In fact, uh, somebody wants to buy me one, I'll take it, and I'm, uh, I'll get it myself someday. But I want those life, life Application Bibles, The a good reference study Bible. Anybody have a Life Application Bible here? Are you using it now? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like that Life Application It's a good reference Bible, and uh, it gives a lot of personal application is what the, the plug that I'm trying to say. And How does that passage of Scripture apply to me? Apply to my life or my, my family, what have you. Number three, internalize it and seek to live it. The Bible says, "But be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving your own self." And uh, I forget who it was the one, some infidel. I want to say it was Stalin, or I don't think it was Stalin. I think it was. Uh, Oh, I'm not sure. Some some godless individual that read read the New Testament through uh, like 18 times in his life, or something like that. Well, never never affected him for sure. He was just was just uh, an academic uh, exercise in academia, if and nothing else. But hard. Many people can read the Scripture and it means nothing to them. But be we're to be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only, deceiving our own selves. And number four, share it with someone else. That's how it becomes. Uh, alive and real to somebody else. Practice it in your life with somebody else. So read the Bible every day. How do you maintain a spiritual edge? Every day read a little bit of the Word of God. Number, letter B, pray purposely. We could turn to Matthew 6, 9, and 13, but most of you know it. And I'm referring to what's sometimes called the Lord's Prayer. One, 1 and 2, number 1, pray for yourself. The Bible says, Our Father which art in heaven. Pray in a personal way. God cares in a personal way. I, just pardon me. I'm, I'm on the grandkid illustration here for a moment, but uh, um, uh, grandpas care for their grandchildren, and grandpa dads care for their kids. And uh, I just popped in my head the story of uh, when I took Bradley to Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, the last time I've been to Chuck E. Cheese was like 12 years ago. He was like a three-year-old at the time, and I took and he had he. He was playing some of the games. He had like a string of tickets about this big. Now a string of tickets this big can buy like a plastic ring. You know, that's about it. And these kids are going up to the the winning table, and they're, they're pulling out stuffed animals, and they're getting all kinds of stuff, you know. And so he sees some incredible uh, uh, gift there, of course, and he says, oh, I want that one. Of course, he's got a string of tickets, about 15 tickets, so he can buy basically nothing, you know. And so I says, well, you you only have enough to buy this section here. And he looks at this. He looks at the big toys. He looks at this. He looks at the big, big, big toys. And, uh, that three-year-old, uh, that, that tragic face came on his fa- face. He realized what happened. And he's said, oh! And he started, started crying. It's like as so I, I pulled out my wallet behind him. Of course, the lady, the lady sees what's going on. This, you know, I, I got my wallet. I got my wallet over here. Anything he wants, he gets through those tickets. Just in. so, so why? Because Grandpa, a uh, silly illustration, I know. But uh, how much more our Heavenly Father desires to bless us and take care of our m- most little needs? If he if he cares for the sparrow, how much more does he care for you and I? So pray personally, uh, pray in a personal way. Hallowed be Thy name. Pray, uh, praise God for who He is. Hallowed be Thy name. He, 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 his name needs to be praised. We, we praise His name. Uh, Thy kingdom come. Pray for the Lord's return. Oh, I look forward to that. The older I get, the more I look forward to it. Pray for the Lord's return. And uh, look, to, 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 of course, to be with Him. That's not being selfish. It's just wanting to be with our Heavenly Father. Be with our Savior, of course. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for God's will to, in my life today. Pray that God's will might be performed in my life today. Pray for yourself. It's all right to pray for yourself. Pray in a personal way. Pray for who God is. Uh, pr- pray for the Lord's return. Pray for God's will in my life today. And then give us this day our daily bread. Pray for daily provision. provision. God is able to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors. Pray for forgiveness with personal sins. Pray for forgiveness, asking God to forgive you like you want to, uh, or forgive others like you want to be forgiven, rather. Then lead us down into temptation. Pray God will keep me from the place of temptation. Pray that God will keep you away from temptation, then if you... You have a weakness in an area, whatever that area is, flee from it. Uh, Brother Coburn had a great illustration about, you know, don't fight the devil, flee from the devil. And uh, how if you've got a weak spot in your life and you can't, uh, uh, the Bible says, flee from sin, flee from wickedness. Get away from it, stay away from it, stay far away from it. Then, uh, But deliver us from evil. Pray God will give me victory over evil today. I like that phrase, I think it's a good phrase, you know, one day at a time, just today. Today, let's be victorious. Today, let's uh, ask God to when uh, some day, uh, you know, uh, uh, victorious today, how about victorious hour by hour, or even minute by minute? Then last phrase, of course, "For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Praise God for who He is and what He does. So our our prayer for ourselves ought to include praise and for who he is, for what he's done. Pray for his return, pray in a personal way, pray for God's will to be done in our life, for his provisions in our life, for forgiveness of personal sins, to deliver us from temptation and give us victory over uh, the present evil of this day. Then number two, not only do we pray purposely, letter uh, B, but we pray, that means uh, we also pray Pray for ourselves, but pray for others. Pray for others. First Samuel 12, 23. Who has it? Nice nod, please. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and me to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. All right, and so pray for others. How do we maintain our spiritual edge? Well, we we uh, need a quiet time every day. We need to read our Bible. We need to pray purposely for ourselves and for others. But then number three, uh, pray about everything. First Thessalonians 5, uh, 17, of course. I think we've read that already. Somebody read. Uh, no, I, who, who has that verse for us? Uh, 1 Thessalonians five seventeen. 17. I, I did not give that verse out, did I? Just somebody read that for us, please. Pray well, thank you for that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, pray without ceasing. Thank you. And. Uh, so pray about everything. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So pray for the little things. Pray for the big things. Then number four here, express thanksgiving. There it is. That's what I was like. I got a little confused. Uh, verse 16 says, rejoice evermore. Verse 18 says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Express thanksgiving. First of all, there are two parts to God. That's prayer and praise. And then to man, that's to speak and to sing. Colossians three sixteen. Who has it for us? Nice and loud, please. Spiritual song, the our to the Lord. All right. When I, I get a ringside seat when our choir sings, I think our choir does pretty good on Sunday mornings. Yeah. So for twenty of them, they sound like forty. And and I get, I'm right behind them, or right in front of them, I should say, obviously. And, uh, man, I get, my soul gets lifted up in those three minutes. They sing their special song, of course. They minister to me. They, 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 you know, they spend an hour and a half. They've been practicing mainly on the Christmas cantata, of course. But then they, they do their three-minute package, whatever they're singing. They, they minister to my heart through singing and spiritual songs. And it causes me to be thankful. And in turn, uh, hopefully, it gives them an attitude of gratitude as well, to that they're ministering to others. Uh, number five: How do you keep keep uh, your spiritual attitude? This one is really important. Not that they are not all important, but this one is maybe, uh, if we were to put them in order of importance, I think this would be one or two or three. And that is keep short sin accounts with God and with others. Don't let sin get in and ruin your life. We we know these verses. Um, we don't need to turn to one John one nine. We most of us have that memorized. Why don't we say it together? If we confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 7 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And um, we need to keep short accounts. Let not, Ephesians 4, it's not one of the verses, but it says, Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Matthew 5 says, If you have a, uh odd against your brother, and I'm paraphrasing, 5, 23 to 26, If you have odd against your brother, and uh, leave your gift at the altar and go and reconcile with that brother. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, keep short accounts with both God and man, how important that is. And uh, I have to be right with my fellow man. Uh, i be careful here. It just pops in my head. And uh, But there was a time, numbers of years ago, I've been pastoring for a little while now, and uh, this doesn't happen anymore. It hasn't happened. It doesn't seem like it's happened for years and years, but it has happened where, I'm getting ready to preach. I'm maybe in that door, maybe on a Sunday morning service especially, and uh, I know that I'm coming out and I'm preaching in front of people that, in some cases, some people that, I'm trying to be kind here, to despise me, that I'm trying to think of a nicer way to say it than, I don't want, I'm I'm thinking of the phrase, hates my guts, but that's too strong. I don't want to say it that that strong, but they they don't appreciate me, let's put it that way. And... uh, So, you know, a lot of preachers go through that and so forth. And uh, when you sense that and you feel that and, and, you know, you're saying, well, it's not real and so forth. But I had to do a spiritual check every time that I preached. Like, first of all, it would go off like this. First of all, it's wrong for me to think that way because I could be wrong. But as time went on, I realized, no, I don't think you're wrong. You're probably right. And uh, But love, the Bible says love your enemies. Love those that despitefully use you and so forth. And, and we have to be right with God. We can't let somebody else affect our Christianity. We need to be right with them and pray for them and love them. And that's a supernatural act. That takes God's grace. You can only do that by uh, being spirit-filled and being and humbled and walk with God. You can't, you can't do that in your own flesh, I promise you. I know. I've, I've tried it. It doesn't work. But to keep short accounts with God... And with others, try to be right with your fellow man. And uh, if somebody's hurt you, try to love them. Don't try to love them, really love them. Of course, it's easier said than done, isn't it? I know, I get it. Uh, we're all real people. We all fight our flesh and we all have, we're all in our bodies still. And uh, so uh, this is only done by supernatural God, uh, gift of grace. Number six here. Keep your and this is a, seems to me to be one of the higher important ones, too, one, two or three for sure, maybe three here. So let's keep your priorities in balance. Colossians three, seventeen, did somebody have that? And whatsoever do, or do all in the name of the thanks to God And was that twenty three as well? All right, priorities. Uh, we have a number of priorities and duties. Never conflict. Uh, let me give you a four. They all start with F, of course. Work at your family. God's given us the ministry of reconciliation. It's no, you know, no wonder there's there's fighting and division in uh, the workplace and in uh, in churches and in government and every education you go through the whole gamut. There's there's division all over the place. Well, if we can't have Unity in our own family. How we ever expect to have unity and love and uh, uh, cooperation with uh, those outside? So work with your family the best you can, if at all possible, live peaceably with all men and it begins and includes your family members. Work with your family. It's so important that uh, you uh, have the right attitude to your family. Then number, letter B, work at your field or in other words, your job. Christians ought to be the best workers that there are uh you know we're we're pretty pretty low attendance here tonight, and I'd like to think that a handful of course i know it's it's Halloween tonight, I get it, and uh we got some sickness going on, and we got some folks that are busy and so forth I get it uh, but uh we also have some people that have just uh been working hard and uh they're working tonight or they 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 just got off work, what have you and uh I guess here 's the point. Uh, we need to be as good a Christians at work as we need to be at church or with our family or wherever. Work is very important. I know i 'm preaching to the proverbial choir, most of you all know that and understand that, but i 'll tell you some people don 't get it. I, I deal with it throughout the week uh, many weeks uh, folks uh, they don 't know how to submit to their employee they don 't know the, the the rules of the work environment, and they they go from one job to another because they can 't keep a job because they don 't understand. That Christianity uh, is involved at work, and they need to be uh, a good worker. The best of their 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 job is to make their employer. People don't like this when I say it, but it's true. Your job is to make your employer rich. You want to make them rich. You want to bless them. You want to be a blessing to the other, other people around you. So let her see here for time's sake. Work at your finances. Work at your finances, and have your financial house in order. I was thinking, in myself in myself, I'm in this same category. After all these years at the ripe age of 60, I hate to think of the tens of thousands, tens of thousands and it's probably in the low hundreds of thousands now tens of thousands of dollars that Marty Shat has paid for interest. You know, our houses are number one thing if we buy a house, mortgage. You know, but credit cards and interest payments, and, and a lot of it's uh, car payments, what, what have you. A lot of it's unnecessary. A lot of it is just, uh, and I'm not just, uh, all I'm saying is get your financial house in order. It's so so good to have uh, your finances uh, in, in order. It helps you in your service to God. Then letter D, of course, this is not, A, B, C, D is not necessarily in the proper order. They're all just, very important. Work at your fellowshipping, or in other words, work at your church life. Uh, duties never conflict. I think you need to come to church as much as you can, and I think you ought to be in church every time you can be in church and arrange your work schedule so you can do that. And I know sometimes that's not possible, and I know sometimes family gets in the way, and sometimes your job gets in the way, and understanding, I understand all of that, and you do too. But work at balancing these priorities in your life. Then number seven, and finally here tonight, Use your gift. Everyone's got a gift. And serve the Lord. Uh, I I said something Sunday night. I'm just going to, you know, there's so many different gifts, but uh, the gift of giving. Uh, I think some of you have that gift. Uh, I said something Sunday night. I just said, for the record, uh, you know, that we have a very giving church. We do have a very giving church, and I don't retract that. I, I was telling the truth when I said it, but I... I'm not naive, I don't want to give the impression that I, I, I know everybody in our church gives. Probably everybody here tonight gives, and I want to really believe that. you know. But uh, not everybody gives like they should give. Some people are not exercising their gifts. And uh, I'm not just talking about the gift of giving, there's other gifts as well, but not exercising their gifts. We've got several holes in our ministry, whether it be in Sunday school or the nursery or Children's Church or the Kids' Church Tonight, for example, or the youth group or whatever. There's all kinds of ministries that, uh, where people are not exercising their gift in. and They're not serving the Lord like they should, but we ought to be active in serving the Lord in all that we do. And so maintain your spiritual edge by realizing your limitations and, and, and compensate for those. Uh, the, the, the body, the flesh, it's our arch enemies, and we have to give the body as much rest as possible and fight the flesh. Uh, have a quiet time every day, a little bit every day. Uh, read your Bible, pray. Then, then, of course, pray about everything. And then express thanksgiving. The attitude of gratitude is so important, both to God and to man. Keep short accounts with others, uh, with God and with others. And then keep your priorities in balance. Lastly, use your gift and serve the Lord uh, with all your heart. And be not filled with wine, but be... Uh, or be not drunk with wine, where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's bow for prayer, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray, especially tonight a prayer, of blessing for not every person in this room is a veteran Christian, but there's many that are. Lord, so I pray for the veteran Christian, especially. I pray a prayer of blessing upon them that they may be found faithful in these. In this, the in in most of our cases, our, our second half or the. The, maybe the last quarter of our lives or at least the last half of our lives. Uh, help us be found faithful for the newer Christians, Lord, to bless them and help them to be uh, sharpen their spiritual edge, we pray. May we all sharpen and uh, draw closer to the Lord, we pray. and I pray, Lord, you'd bless, dismiss us now with thy blessing tonight as we go our separate ways. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing just one verse for time's sake, and I... I almost did it. I wanted to end a little bit early. I wanted to end a few minutes earlier than we did. Draw me nearer, nearer,